0: with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon.
1: Luke chapter 10, um, a very familiar story, uh, one of the most familiar perhaps, um, often read, uh, there was a movie a number of years ago, and uh, what this movie uh, consists of uh, was it was put out by the pro-life people. And what it was, it was a video uh, that was uh, silent, and it showed a child uh, being aborted. And uh, the you could see the features. Uh, You could, the contortion, the pain, the agony, and the name of that uh, video was called The Silent Scream. And I thought about that and how like our generation that is this evening. All around you whether it's at school, whether it's your neighborhood, whether it's your place of employment, business, work, university, wherever you may be, there is a multitude of people. They may not be voicing it, but if you look at their features, there's a silent scream. Added to that... If we're not careful while the world is dying and bleeding, just like this text on the Jericho Road, the church world is uninterested, can't be bothered, too busy, other things. I want to stir you and I this evening, if possible, to who we are and what we are. Call it our vision. Call it our fellowship statement. But I want to look in this very familiar text and perhaps give you fresh understanding of what it's going to take. If we're going to reap our generation from God. In this text, there's the story is a response to a lawyer. A teacher, uh, a religious teacher, probably known as a scribe. He's an enforcer of Old Testament Scripture. And he asks Jesus about eternal life. What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Jesus turns to him. And right here, if you and I are not careful, we can be like this man. Uh, We can be a theologian, a master at doctrine and creeds, and yet totally unmoved, disconnected from this man in the Scripture that never says a word. This man on the Jericho Road who is giving a silent scream I want to read this account to you, Luke 10, verse 25. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, talking about Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law, and what is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But this man, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked. He passed by on the other side. Both of these men represent uh, the Jewish religion. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. He set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, giving them to the innkeeper, said to him take care of him and whatever more you spend when I come again I will repay you so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves he answered to Jesus he who showed mercy on him then Jesus said to him go and do Likewise, you go and do this as well. And I say that to you tonight. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus. I pray, God, give us your heart for humanity. God, give us a heart. Give us ears to hear the silent scream of this generation. God, move us beyond the circumstances and the circumference of our own life. God, let us not walk by. Let us not be guilty of passing by on the other side. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to address first with you a compelling cry. We have a certain man here that gives us a portfolio. Most feel he's a Jewish man. If he's Jewish, he has destiny. He's chosen. He has future with God personally and as a nation. He's a part of God's chosen people. A part of a nation born by God. Part of a nation through whom God is going to reveal Himself in the Old Testament and then eventually through Jesus Christ. Here's a man, if he's Jewish, he knew about God. He had Old Testament scriptures. How like America tonight. There's probably not a person here that doesn't have some knowledge of God. There's no doubt not a person here, and most people you speak to that's been to church, they know some scripture. Many of them have had some kind of personal experience with the Lord. God has touched you and touched them somewhere. John Sloan, or not John Sloan, I'm sorry, uh, Adam Dragoon. Uh, recently returned, Adam and Taya from Rusu, Bulgaria. This, uh, they were pastoring behind the Iron Curtain. Some of you have been there. You've been there on outreach. When you walk up and talk to people, uh, they uh, run from you. This whole Russian, nobody smiles. Uh, this depressed. If you're talking to them, something must be wrong, especially if you have an accent. He came back to America, the first outreach, he personally prayed with four people. He said, Pastor, he says, like going to heaven. He said, everybody wants to get saved. Now, I know you probably don't think that living here, but it is true of America tonight. It's true of our nation. This nation was raised up because of its founding principles concerning God and the Word of God. This nation, I believe, was raised up to spread the gospel and has more missionaries, more preachers, evangelists, more money, more training, more churches planted have come out of this nation than any nation that ever existed. But maybe just like this man, you find yourself half dead on the road of life a broken shell of what could have been and what God would have done and wants to do. Maybe you've stumbled in this place tonight lying half dead beside the road of life while others seem to pass you by. While others may seem to be going somewhere, purpose, accomplishment, uh, You're going nowhere. Maybe you're here tonight and your marriage is going nowhere. Your life's going nowhere. You're empty. You're lonely. You're unfulfilled. Your sin has begun to kill things in your life. You're dying. That's what sin does. Any hope, any faith, any joy... Most of the time any dreams and expectations just give sin long enough. And so let's look for a moment at this man's deadly decline. I have been on the Jericho Road. They call it the road of blood. This is the road of every backslider and every sinner. May you see yourself here. Maybe somewhere you've been On the road to Jericho. The Bible says he went down from Jerusalem. The moment you decide to leave Jerusalem, this was the city of God. This was the place of God's presence. This was the place where the upper room would be. This is the place where God moves on the heart. It was the place of the temple. It was where the holies of holies was. It was the place of the altar of God. The Bible says he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's going down away from the presence of God to Jericho. Jericho was a city of the flesh or the world. You remember Jericho was the city that cost The Jewish nation and the Jewish people, 40 years they came up to Jericho. Wall cities, giants, we be like grasshoppers. I've been on the ruins of Jericho. There's nothing left today but a few stones. It's a city of flesh. It caused the people of God to wander for 40 years. What's your Jericho tonight. That place where you leave God's presence, His holy viz, holies, His altar, His destiny, His purchase, and you begin to digress down to a place of the flesh in the world. That's the nature of sin. It all begins with a decision to turn to drift, to pull away from God's presence and begin to actively draw closer and pursue the world. He's going down to Jericho. Maybe tonight, maybe you've put your foot on this path. Down for the pleasures of sin. This is where, remember, Rahab the harlot used to live on the walls of Jericho. This was the place of the fertile Jordan Valley where Lot cast his tent to make money. Maybe somebody hurt you in Jerusalem. Maybe you were disappointed. And so that has given you an excuse to go to Jericho. Maybe you're tired of church. You're looking for an excuse. There's a lot of reasons why people begin to run from God's presence to a world of Jericho. A spiritual decline. But it's always down. This is a picture tonight. Especially I have seen in my lifetime. The last 50 years. is a picture of America. If You're a student of history. The 60's. The 70's. The 80's. The 90's. Now 2000. I mean, they say things today on the radio. They use words publicly in the media. In the schools, they promote things uh, that if this would have happened when I was in school, they would have closed the school. They would have rioted. Many of you don't realize this because it's been so gradual. You were born in it. You're saturated with it. You don't realize how our nation has declined morally. You don't realize how far they've turned away from God and church. I remember when you used couldn't even buy anything on Sunday. That's the Lord's day. You wasn't supposed to be out mauling. Supposed to be in church. I can remember when in school, we didn't do anything on Wednesday night. That was prayer meeting night. I won't go into all of that, but this man, he went down. Sin will always drag a nation, you or your family, down. And then it says, he fell among thieves, verse 30. Somewhere on this road, you will always fall. You will become vulnerable. You can't withstand. You can't defend. You're open to attack. You're helpless. You're defenseless. That's the nature of this road. If you ever been in a bad fight? Brutal. The worst thing you can do is fall. time in front of a club Pastor Terry Haynes' church is just down the street I fell, I went down, it was outside of the club, there was a bouncer, There's a lot of things involved, I won't give you all the bloody details Uh, but I got down they kicked me, I tried to get under a car, they wedged me between the car and the curb, I finally crawled out, I'm trying to get away and when I come out the other side the guy kicked me right in the face and the lights went out and I came home and Connie didn't know me I had a new face. I got a, before a makeover, I had a makeover, amen, before it was even popular. But the worst thing you can do is to fall. This man and sin will always make you fall. Somewhere. And in that falling, it's more than just some little stumble. It makes you vulnerable, just like this man. The Bible talks about falling in trespasses and sins. Revelations 2.5 Remember therefore from where you have fallen and repent and do your first works. I'll come quickly removing your can unless you repent all of these things. It's a loss of strength. Used to be strong. But now you're down. Not only did he fall, there were thieves who began to strip him. Some of you are having flashbacks. The the way you know you've fallen, things begin to be taken from you. Things will begin to be stripped. This is true of a sinner. This is true of a backslider. This is true of someone who's rebelling against God and turning their back on His presence and His Word. Things will be stolen, stripped. Your marriage stripped, your wife stripped, your husband, your morals, your virtue. You begin to sleep with anything that breathes. Your will is stripped. You can no longer say no. You're stripped of any kind of control or discipline. You can't control your anger, your tongue, your emotions. You just fly off the handle. Jealousy, suspicion. And here they are. This man went down. He fell and now the thieves are upon him. And he's being stripped of everything. This principle is true of church people who begin to back away from Jerusalem. Listen carefully to me. The way you know you're falling or distancing yourself from God's presence, your prayer life begins to be stripped. Your church attendance begins to be stripped. Your witness, your outreach, you no longer are involved. Your praise will begin to be stripped if you just stay here long enough. Your giving, your tithing, where once you love to give to God, stripped, your ministry stripped. Your victories begin to be stripped because the Bible says the devil is a thief and he's a robber. He comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. And when you begin to distance yourself either by disobedience or rebellion or you're just, you're just trying to pull away from God and the things of God and you put your foot on this Jericho road somewhere these things that were once so passionate in your soul. These things that were so vital. These things that you lived for that surrounded you with God and His presence. They begin to peel away. Everything God gave you in Jerusalem, I've seen people stripped of their anointing, their fire of the Holy Ghost, their joy, their faith, their love, because this is the nature. Your spiritual armor, once you have the helmet of salvation that protected your mind, it'll somewhere be taken from you. And you'll have thoughts that you never imagined. The breastplate of righteousness that covers your heart will be stolen. The gospel that was once on your feet moving you for God. The sword of the Lord. It's no longer in your hand. The Bible says not only did he go down, not only did he fall, not only was he stripped, he was wounded. See, it's very difficult for the devil to wound you before he strips you. But if you stay on this road, I have walked with people on this road in counseling, in prayer, In discussions, somewhere everything hurts. Everything now offends you. Everything upsets you. Everything torments you. The least little thing because you're wounded. Everyone's against you. You're hurting, you're in pain, you're frustrated, you're always in conflict. You're agitated, angry, upset, um, and here's this man. Verse thirty. Then they leave him. Let me, let, me have, let me can identify. Ever been in sin? Anybody been in real sin? <laughs> and you wake, you wake up, all your friends. Where, where where are you? And you 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 look, and oh, I see you've been here. <laughs> And not only is everything you got gone, they're gone. They left him half dead. And that's the nature of the world and sin. When they've taken everything, like the prodigal son, when they've used you up, friends gone, everything's gone, stripped, stolen, taken your dignity, taken your youth. He said he loved you. And he'd never leave you. But where is he tonight, dear? He's texting someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that strange picture I found in your secret phone log? Woo! <laughs> okay. You said for better or worse, and it got worse. And you gone. Friends gone. Family gone. The fun's all gone. And your future's gone. And you're half dead. Here's a picture of any human being, any nation, any church, any family that knows God and begins to turn and move down the path of flesh, the Jericho path, they call it the road of blood because of the crime, the brutality that transpired, the thieves, the danger. Our generation, there's a silent scream And you and I this evening as the church, can we hear it? Can you hear that? All these homes around this church, I'm telling you tonight, if you could hear it out of these neighborhoods, there's a scream going up to God.
2: Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Pastor Adam, back with you again. Just wanted to give you this report that uh, you have been doing a great job of sharing the news of this podcast and continuing to download uh, episodes on a daily basis. The show has been growing by leaps and bounds. There's more of you listening now than at any other time in the podcast history. So we just want to say thank you once again for tuning in and listening to these anointed sermons. We just want to ask you one thing real quick. If you could do us a favor and leave us a review, especially if those of you on Apple devices, iTunes, Apple podcasts, wherever you're listening. Uh, we need some five-star reviews, and also uh, if you could leave a few notes in there about what you like best about this podcast would really, really help us. I'm sure that you know somebody who could use a daily podcast to get them through the day. Please make sure you share it with them. And uh, also, uh, we are trying to get our hands on sermons from all across our fellowship. If you've got some good ones to share with us, we'd encourage you to please contact us using the links in the show notes. We'd love to feature your sermons from your church as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of this sermon.
1: Not only is there a compelling cry, there's a compelling call to the church. Remember, Jesus is speaking and responding to a man who had rituals. He had understanding of God. He's a scribe. He studies the scripture. He keeps the law. He said, you know, love the Lord. He could quote it right out love the Lord your God, all your body, soul, strength, mind, your neighbor. And Jesus said, You have rightly done so. And how do you interpret? And this man had all the answers. You know, it's time we quit making excuses. I mentioned in a sermon a few weeks ago a good church is like a good hospital. Every room is filled with sick people. The ICU ward. The emergency room. There's a cancer ward. There's the birthing room. The operating room. Taking things out. Setting broken hearts and marriages and lives. Folks in recovery. There's the mental ward. <laughs> There's crisis, there's mess, there's screams. Jesus said, I did not come for those who are well, but to those who are sick. I came to bind up the brokenhearted, set at liberty them that are bruised, and open prison doors to those who are bound. The problem is the church doesn't really like that imagery today. We want a picture of perfection. That's why I despise so many times Christian television. It's so phony. They're setting in these places, all these flowers and there's wood, and I mean most of them, there's all of this uh, props and setting, and, and the water's flowing, and they all look, they've all got their hair sprayed, and, and you know, they're all old as I am, most of them, and, and there these and, and they're all sitting there in this plastic their faces froze, you know. <laughs> you know, nobody lives like that. <laughs> Praise the Lord wonderful to live for God Ooh. Jesus is so good and I, and I just something in me just goes nuts <laughs> we, we want this perfect church with perfect people in a perfect place uh, with a perfect service with a perfect choir with a perfect pre and the list goes on and on <laughs> I've had people tell me those kind of people Pastor Campbell they need to go to your church <laughs> and I want to say well what kind of people are you talking about oh you know those people and what they're saying we, we don't want them in our church because we got this <clears throat> praise the Lord But you know, if we're not careful, we can become like that. We forget how messed up we were. We weren't always in ministry. You to didn't care who sat by you. You were just glad to have a seat. <laughs> you couldn't believe they'd let you in. But if we're not careful, the problem with this perfect plastic, portraying church. They'll never touch this man on the Jericho Road. The priest and the Levite both saw the need. They both looked. But God couldn't move them to help. Can He move you tonight? Is ministry more than a performance? That's the issue. Can God still move you and I to take our life? We'll talk about this and get involved with this silent scream of humanity. The Bible says they pass by on the other side. Why do you follow up? How many here in follow-up ministry? Let me see your hand. Lift your hand. Why do you follow up on people? Huh? This is a term, spiritual term. It's where, where you're caring for people and you're, you're you feel your ministry is you want to be involved in that. Do, do you do you care? Is there compassion? How many here in drama or, or music ministry? Let me see your hand. Extreme. Let me see your hand. Choir, lift your hand. Let me see hands. Hands. I know most, many of you are in ministry. Why do you do that? Children's church. (laughs) You over got a got a club over here. (laughs) Bunch of groupies sitting over here. (laughs) Why do you do that? I have to. What do I preach? There are many, many ministries and a lot of times they have a title. Why did you go out on this outreach the other night? Why could these men have a title and yet not be moved? The Bible doesn't say all oh, it says they came, they saw, one even came a little closer, saw. You've heard me preach this, no doubt. Later, they could have probably give you an account. Were you on the Jericho Road out there? Did you see that guy? Man, and we saw him. Phew, he was messed up. That guy, golly, I where, I'm telling you, I, I'm not sure he'll live. They could give account, but they didn't want to get involved. How many Jericho Road people did you visit this week? I'm not talking about a phone call. I'm talking about you actually want to be a part of their life. I'm not sure if you would have had a discussion with the priest and the Levite they would have no doubt had some very, what they would have thought were legitimate excuses. Uh, He was beyond help. This guy was too messed up, man, I'm telling you. We were afraid to get involved. That's not my ministry. Hey, I, I was tired. I had an appointment. I don't have time for that. See, the mark of a calloused heart. You see the need, but you're no longer moved. This is at work. This is people who you run into every day. This is at school. This is family. This is neighbors. This is people that you're not ignorant of their need. They knew this guy desperately Needed help. Here's a call to compassion. I want to tell you, compassion is the mother of all ministry. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. You know, part of the reason the Samaritans knew what it was like to be despised and rejected. The Samaritans were, were like scum to the Jews. They wouldn't even walk through their region. This is why with the Jesus, with the Samaritan woman at Samarit, at the well, it was the disciples were freaking out. I mean him even talking to this woman. But I wonder this man, he knew what it was for there to be prejudiced against him and his race of people. He knew what it was like for people to look at him and turn and walk the other way. And many of you know what that's like. Let me ask you. Will you do that to other people? In a spiritual sense? The Bible said he was moved with the heart of God. He said... I can't just look at this and, and go on by and act like it doesn't exist. I can't just pretend that, I have, that, that I'm not involved. What about you this evening? This is the mother. Listen to me, every would-be preacher and disciple. You can talk about talent. You can talk about gifting. You can talk about performance. But right here is the mother of all ministry. It's called compassion. This is where you're willing to sacrifice everything you have to see someone else recover. We've heard all the stories in the number of last decade or so of how calloused Americans have become. They've watched people, they've watched women being beaten to death in public. You, you remember the stories. You, uh, over and over, different metropolitan area. She's beaten. She escapes. He runs her down, catches her, beats her again, and and people watching. We've read in our schools now, they, they videoed it. Girls just ganging up, beating some other girl half to death. Hits YouTube or whatever and You see, compassion demands personal involvement. We've heard the cry for homes, homes for those coming in for conference. The reason why these people need a home is they can't afford many times uh, to get a room at a motel. At a we sponsor every church. We offer to sponsor three couples or a number of disciples We and as well as the pastor and the staff. But a lot of times they want to bring more people or people want to come or people come on their own. And all they need is a place to live or a place to sleep or a place to stay. They're not going to rob your refrigerator, I hope. (laughs) They might break something. The Samaritan Call. Let me ask you, let me put a call out to you. Who's preparing? You want to be a preacher? Who's preparing to go on the Jericho Road? Wives? What if you had been with your husband that day and he said, Listen, 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 we can't ignore this guy. Are you preparing your heart for the Jericho Road? We have a call for workers. Call for nursery workers in conference always and you just pass on by on the other side. The offering plate goes by. You move to the other side. You see the need but you're not moved. I want to close this evening with a compelling cost. You can see and you can even be moved but I'm not going to paint some Cheap pitcher to you. It costs to bind up the bleeding and the half-dead souls on the Jericho Road. The Bible said He bandaged His wounds, poured in the oil and the wine. We could talk about the oil as a type of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about not just making contact with someone, but loving them. Loving somebody. That's unlovable. About pouring friendship into them. Pouring encouragement into them. Pouring kindness. Maybe nobody's been kind to them in a long time. Pouring acceptance into them. One of the great needs of every human heart is somebody will accept me. Pouring in, this, and this takes to pour into the to pour in the oil and the wine means something's coming out of you, and your resources and going into them. This is more than a title. This this is this is this is the heart of God. This is ministry. This is why the church exists. Who are you doing that for this evening? You love to talk about people, shun people, reject people. You got your own little group and the list goes on and on. And you know, if you're not careful as a church grows, you, can, you got a whole, whole group of people, and this isn't evil in itself, but all kind of people can be all around the circumference of your world and they're desperate and they need somebody to reach out and love them. And take them in. Say we, you know, we care about it. We love you, we, and and show it. Pour it in. Pouring in things into them. Friendship is so needed today. Kindness, forgiveness. You're welcome. Are you doing that? You know, it's hypocritical. To stand on this platform or any platform and minister. And yet in the personal areas of life not do that. That's hypocritical. That's the priest and the Levite. You want to perform. But you don't want to pour oil in the wine. He set him on his own animal. This course was transportation. It's inconvenient. He brought him to the inn, a place to stay. The Bible says these words. He took out two denarii. He took out his money. Don't act spiritual. When it comes to your money, you never are willing... To invest it in another life. Don't tell me how you care. But when it comes to the denarii. He said I want to take care of this man. And whatever more it costs. When I return. I will repay. You know what it costs you to love people. Care for people. This wasn't Tithe. This wasn't a pledge for world evangelism. This was an offering from the heart. What about you this evening? Two simple thoughts. You can find yourself drifting down the Jericho road. Drifting down this road. You're distancing yourself from the heart of God, the presence of God, the altar, the holies of holies, the anointing, the temple, all of those things. And it's, 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 it's a horrible place. You'll, you'll fall. You'll be stripped. You'll be left alone. You'll be hurt. On the flip side, of the story and this man's silent in all of this he, he, doesn't, he doesn't there's no record that he says anything on the flip side of this we can see that we can be aware of it we can describe it we can get up in extreme and preach a sermon and read something out of the paper about it about some tragic event that happened But the question is, is will you have the heart of God that says, you know what? I'm going to get involved with you. Whatever I have, I'm going to pour it into you. I'm going to take time for you. I'm going to pull out my wallet for you. I'm going to accept you. I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to believe in you when maybe nobody believes in you anymore. I'm going to believe in you. Listen, this is powerful. This is incredibly powerful. And Jesus said these words, listen, so who's the real? He's What he's saying is, so who's the real Christian here? Who's the real? He didn't use the word. great. Who's the real man of God? Who's the real spiritual man here? The priest, the Levite, or the man who showed mercy? And the man answered right again. And he said, listen, remember it all started about eternal life and things. He said, go and you do likewise. This is what I want you to do. You know, he's saying that to you and I this evening. This is what I want you to do. Every one of us here can do that to somebody. You may be like me. You can't sing. Why are you laughing? Uh, You may be... You know, you may not be talented. You may not be gifted. But you can do this. And if you are talented or gifted, don't become a hypocrite. Don't become a phony. Where you, you, you got all the words, but you don't have a heart. You think follow-up is calling somebody once a month. You think loving somebody, compassion, ministry. You think ministry's performing. It's not performing. It's laying down your life that someone else can get up. I challenge you this evening. If we're going to reach our generation, if we're going to see a revival in this nation, if we're going to hear that scream, though it may be silent, and respond. This is what it's going to take. And that's what Jesus was saying. I ask you this evening if you'd bow your head with me.
0: We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.